Go ahead and get your sermon notes out if you would. And let's enter into this word uh, today. We're in a series called uh, The Good Life. Uh, how many believe God wants us to have good life? Anybody believe that? I mean, if you're, how many have went through struggles? All right, anybody went through some struggles? But even when you're going through struggles, God wants, God wants you to know that he has a plan uh, for your life. And uh, <clears throat> you, you don't have to constantly be in as the old song from our childhood references, in gloom, despair, and agony. Anybody remember that? Anybody besides me? Anybody? Come on, who remembers that? All right. Gloom, despair, deep, dark depression, excessive misery. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. So it's good to have uh, all of our senior citizens with us today. Let's welcome them. All right. Remember that song from the 70s, if I recall. Uh, People have told me, anyway. So, uh, have you ever lived that life before? Anybody ever lived that life? I mean, it's like, even your conversations. I mean, if it wasn't for bad things going on, you wouldn't have anything to talk about. Anybody been there before? Uh, Some of you have some great friends that you don't like to talk to. Can I get an amen? All right? You said, and we'll talk about some boundaries eventually in the series, but... uh, you know, some folks that you know, if you're with them, they're, gonna, they're going to select the worst items possible to discuss. And the media understands this because if you turn on the media, they're going to tell you the worst things possible. And I have actually found that uh, most of the, you know, even television, I mean, if you go on Netflix and try to find something to watch, it's all about disaster. You know, it's, it's disaster, disaster, and more disaster. And when you turn on the news in the morning, the local news or the national news, you're going to hear about how, you know, the world is just falling apart. And if something happens negative in a neighborhood, they're going to interview that neighbor uh, that says, I can't believe that this is happening in my neighborhood. It's always the same. It's like you could hand them a script about what's going on until we end up with this expectation of disaster. We have a disastrous expectation. That's what we, that's what we live in. That's what entertains us. That's what entertains our mind. Uh, and and I, think that, I think that God would like us to do better. So we're, we're looking at Romans 12. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Just say it. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. And that, that word, the words there are schematic. It is stop living by the schematic, by the plan, by the design of the world. I have a better design, God is saying. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And as uh, I shared in the opening of the series, as I was uh, coming back and beginning to feel the post-vacation blues of my vacation at the very beginning of this month, uh, I felt the Lord just beginning just to quote some things, and I wrote some things down, some better ways that we can have life. We talked about it last week. Better peace, better rest, better relationships, better moments, better boundaries, better family, better health. Some of these things that I believe that God wants me to speak into your life, through his word, some things could be better. How many would like some of these things to get better? Uh, so we, we began talking about it last week. All of these messages are uh, online. You can go to our Facebook site. You can go to our website. And you can find 
uh, link. You can actually listen to them and watch them live stream. Somebody praise God for webcast and our webcast team. Somebody praise God for them, all right? So, um, uh, yeah, and look, just actually, he showed up right there. So, smile. And all of you that are watching via webcast, we bless you. But again, these are all archived. So God has better patterns, and among them is a pattern of rest, which I want to speak to today. We're going to talk about a better rest. Somebody shout, a better rest. Yes. Hebrews chapter 4, 9 is where we're going to, we're going to begin from. Uh, so then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. Just hear that. There remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. Now this is a wonderful scripture and mostly I have heard it used at funerals. Okay, There remains a rest for the people of God. Uh, somebody thank God that there is a rest after you stop breathing on this planet. Anybody thank God for that? And we got some loved ones who've done that. Anybody? But this is not just talking about heaven. This is talking about the rest that we're supposed to be living in now. Uh, I learned several years ago, uh, a few years back, as a matter of fact, that I do not rest well. Uh, I'm too conscious. Anybody else like that? I'm too conscientious of other things. I need the room to be dark. Anybody else like that? Uh, I don't need those, those, those little lights. You know, like if there's electronic lights... Uh, anybody ever had a digital uh, clock in the room that glows? I can't do that, brothers and sisters. I don't know why. My eyes don't close uh, enough, but I don't. Sounds. I need, I, I, I do this. Um, anybody else do this? Like uh, we have an air purifier in the room that uh, I don't do it for the air purification so much as the uh, because it helps to uh, over uh, to, to, to drown out all of the other sounds, outdoor sounds, things of that nature. Look, if somebody's breaking my house, I don't want to hear it. it. Sounds horrible. The security of the house, you know, if I hear bink, 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 if I want to know where it is, I have gotten up in the middle of the night and walked out into the yard to find out what that electronic sound, can I, where are the, where's people that relate to me? Anybody, all right? We need therapy, don't we? Uh, about 17 years ago, I began to struggle with a little insomnia. So I'm just gonna throw my dirty laundry out here, okay? And it had to do with some pressure that I was going through, some attacks that were on my life and some per and it and it just I couldn't anybody just not being able to turn the brain off anybody not been able to just uh, okay I'm father I'm going to give this to you and I'm going to rest uh, wasn't doing that very well all right forgive me will you forgive me for being honest excuse me for not being the perfect pastor who has it all together I'm sure they're preaching somewhere down the street but I actually have to walk through healing anybody else I actually have to deal with it myself yeah, I'm like, I'm like some of those guys in the Bible that had to hear from heaven. Anybody else like that? You know, anybody remember like uh, Elijah? Anybody remember that guy? Anybody remember him? Hiding out in a cave saying, God, I've had enough. And uh, God said, well, I'm going to have to talk to you. 
and before you come back out. So I got some of those issues, you know. Uh, but anyway, I, um, I, I remember suffering, and, and I, I do much better today. I still struggle with it on occasion. You can pray for me about that if you want to. And uh, uh, just, you know, some, some things, because if something's on my mind, I need to settle, and I've learned to try to give those things. How many keep something nearby you to write things down? Anybody do that? So you can't think in the middle of the night, come up with a thought and say, okay, I'm going to think about that in the morning. Some of us have to actually write it down, okay? We have to. And you have to be really cautious about your cell phone, right? Because I like to write notes on my cell phone, but in inevitably I will pick up my phone, go to the notes portion of it, and I'll get like a list of other things that I need to think about. They just kind of pop up on my phone, all right? You got to be cautious about that. So I don't remember struggling with rest as a child. Can I get an amen from somebody? I don't ever remember mom or dad saying, no, you're going to go to bed right now. It's like, it's bedtime. I'm going to sleep, you know. I don't remember waking up in the middle of the night when I was 10 years old thinking, gee, I wonder what I'm going to do about my homework. I don't ever, I mean, everything was done. You know what, you know, I don't ever remember thoughts about, does anybody, are you like me? I never remember thinking about what I was going to wear the next day. All right, I still don't worry about that, but uh, I just those thoughts are just not on my mind. I don't remember hating going to bed. I do remember being so peaceful in the morning that even when my mother would come in to wake me up for school, I can very, I very well remember rolling back over and going back to sleep. All right? Not worried about going to school, not worried about getting up, not worried about what time it was, just... I'll just go back to sleep right now, all right? And uh, so, so those thoughts, and I do remember getting up to this. Ricky, I'm not going to tell you again. I, I do remember that, okay? Uh, but now, I mean, at this point in my life, I wake up earlier than I used to uh, and uh, get moving. Now, our culture seems to have lost its celebration of, of, of rest. Now, we like holidays, but we don't seem to like true holidays. We actually validate ourselves by telling stories of, I never take a day off. You say, you know, do you take a day? No, I, I work all the time, you know? And like we're supposed to say, man, I am just so impressed by the fact that you never rest. Wow, you are the man. You never get a day off. Wow, I'm so impressed. That was sarcasm. All right, so, so then we have 4th of July, and we take a day off. So I thought today I just kind of help me preach this sermon today with a lawn chair, all right, a beach chair. Anybody have beach chairs? How many have like five or six or 12 of them? Where are you? Where are they? I've got loads of beach chairs and a beach towel. I brought myself a beach towel because uh, some of the things you just got to have because, anybody get sunglasses? Anybody have any sunglasses? All right. You got them with you? All right. Somebody bring me some sunglasses so I look cool. All right. If you would. Nobody's bringing me a sunglasses. What, are you resting? What's going on? Here comes Welfa. Welfa's got some. I'm going to look bad in these. All right. So, got some, some Welfa sunglasses. All right. And, uh, all right. So, how many have ever done this before? Ever got down? How many have ever done this on a Sunday morning? Anybody? 
Anybody go to the beach like this with wealth of sunglasses? All right. And so you're all chilled out. You're all chilled out. All right. And, and people are taking, taking selfies. All right. Of yourself. You know, I'm actually throwing my legs out on my chair, taking a picture of my feet in the beach. How many have ever done that before? All right. And you're laying there. And the next thing you know, what are you going to do? Next thing you know, you're taking that picture and you start checking that Facebook. I can't believe that they would post that. Come on, preach with me. Can't believe they would post that on Facebook. I'm going to unfriend them. In fact, I'm going to post. If you ever post anything like this, I'm unfriending you. Can you believe? You got, you got seagulls over your head, sand at your feet, the sun is shining. I can't believe that. And then you start... I wonder what's going on in the world. Start news feeding. Anybody? Come on. Because that's relaxing. Because let me just go to my news feed right now. We got immigrant family issues. And we got this kid who's lost. And we got Supreme Court justice issues. And man, we got all kinds of stuff. I can't rest. Wow. We got a, some lady that was dragged into crocodile-infested waters in Australia. That's bad stuff, isn't it? I can't rest. I got My mind is... How many minds are too messed up to rest? Anybody? Come on, wave at me. How many minds are too messed up? And then the, the next thing you know, I mean, you got everything because we put your Give Plus here in case you want to give. We got that on there now. But, uh, I mean, you start checking your finances. I can't afford that. I can't afford to be here. I need to get up and get to work, all right? What do you mean rest? There are things that need to be done. And who gave me these sunglasses? I'm going to go get in the water. I can't get in the water. There's probably mess in that water. I mean, if there are dolphins in the water, you know there are sharks in the water. Right? Come on. Then next thing you know, you got kids running around on the beach screaming and yelling. How am I going to rest with people? And then you see people walking by in really strange bathing suits. And you start saying, how can people do this? I can't. And the rest is pretty much gone. We don't, somebody agree with me, we don't know how to rest. We don't know how to rest. These are wealthless. And, and those are some of the cutest sunglasses ever. Okay, we need, we need to learn how to rest. We need to learn how to, how to rest, okay? And I, and I want you to know that we all struggle with it, and we're going to talk about this today as we look to the 4th of July, which is on Wednesday. It would be nice if we knew how to rest. The 4th of July is really about a nation that wanted some rest, right? I don't have to teach you about the 4th, but uh, in the Declaration of Independence, which is what the 4th of July is based upon, the, the, the completion of the Declaration of Independence, we make this statement, the statement is written, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator, 
with certain unalienable rights that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I'm looking at them and saying, did you get that out of the Bible? Because it keeps saying things like creator. Somebody shout creator. So it seems like that our founding fathers believed in the creator, not a creator. Right? So they were writing this and they believed in the creator that that life, that liberty, freedom, that happiness, all of this together, how many of those things could impact our rest? Anybody believe that? That they come from our creator. And, and for these individuals, they weren't confused about who he is. None other than the one and only true and living God. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, come on, the God of Jacob. The one, as far as I am concerned, I'm, I'm on the 4th of July, I'm going to preach this the way I want to. So I believe that our nation was established because we called on God. I believe that. I believe that there was a people and they did not, somebody say amen, they did not have everything right, all right? They did not have it all figured out, but I believe that they did believe in the one true God, you know, the one who met with Moses on Mount Sinai, the one who sent his son Jesus to die on the cross, the one who happens to be my creator. So while I'm saying that, I'm reminding you that our nation was established through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So we believe the Declaration of Independence ends with these words, and for the support of this declaration with a firm reliance of divine providence. Do you want to circle that? Oh, it's not in your Bible, but a firm reliance on divine providence. We pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. So they're saying God's going to provide. We don't know how we're going to get through this. We're telling England, and we, if, if anybody is, is a citizen, we love y'all, all right? We, we think you're great, but I'm, I'm proud to be an American. Okay, don't make me sing right now, all right? So. so we're reminded in the Word of God something that's important because as much as we may love and celebrate our Declaration of Independence, how many believe the Bible is our Declaration of Independence? A long time before the Declaration of Independence. So let, let's go back and be reminded. Your Creator has given a clear, has given clear directions on how to live a life of providence, a life of blessing, and a life of rest. Now you may not like these, but it begins in Exodus chapter 20, verse 1. And God spoke all these words saying, and he began saying this: I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. So that's how he begins this statement. Has anybody ever been in Exodus 20 before? I am the Lord your God. So he begins by making the statement, you guys were all slaves, and I brought you out. How many have been set free by the Lord? Anybody been set free? So you set yourself free? No. And so he says this. So I'm going to establish a nation, and he begins establishing this nation. And we have something that Israel, that the body of Christ is established on, that the kingdom of God is established on, and we call them the Ten How many of you have ever heard of the Ten Commandments before? Anybody heard of these? Now, I know you might trash them, but here's what they are, okay? He, he goes through, and, it's, and it's, uh, it's elaborate. If you go through all the scriptures, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. 
OMG, is that in there? Thought I'd just throw that. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, whatever that is. Verse 5, honor your father and your mother. How many were here on Father's Day? How many believe you need to honor the father and the mother that you have? Anybody believe that? Here's a good one. Number six, you shall not murder. Could anybody put anything underneath that? Okay. You shall not, how many believe killing is not God's plan? Anybody believe that? Shall not murder. You shall not steal. Oh, wait, I, I skipped one. Number seven, you shall not commit adultery. All right. If you've ever committed adultery, don't raise your hands right now. Okay. So. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. There's another word for that. It's called lying. Okay. You shall not lie. How many believe lying is bad? Telling the truth is good. Lying, bad. See? I could do kids ministry, Robert. Look at this. All right. So. And then 10, you shall not covet anything that belongs to your neighbor. And then he kind of gives a little list in there. So covet. So you should be grateful for what God has blessed you with. Amen? And you shouldn't look at your neighbor and constantly be comparing yourself. So there's all kinds of scripture here. So God, he gave us 10 commandments that his people were to follow. And he says, I want you to follow these based upon this simple reality. He starts it in Exodus 20, verse 1. He says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. So these commandments are going to be the minimum standard of righteousness that he chose for his people in order for them to have fellowship with him and to live these blessed lives. Now these are minimal. How many have ever heard of Jesus before? Because Jesus kind of, and he, he, I mean, he, he raises the ante on this stuff, doesn't he? For instance, regarding uh, you shall not murder, he says, you heard it said you shall not murder, but I'm telling you, you should not hate your brother. And, come on, you shouldn't talk down to people. You shouldn't look at people and say, you fool. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't because if you're hating, then you already got murder in your heart. Amen. Right? And then he says something about adultery. Anybody remember that adultery statement? He says, you shouldn't even look at a woman with lust in your heart. Amen. Because if you're looking, well, it's only about women. Come on, ladies. You shouldn't be looking at men because when you do that, You've already, it's a heart. Somebody shout, it's a heart condition. It's a heart condition. So Jesus doesn't do away. Some people say, well, Jesus did away with the commandments. He doesn't do away with the commandments. He enlarges them. He clarifies. Am I preaching okay today? Is this all right? So for all of us who have kicked the, the tin to the curb, the Holy Spirit has not come to destroy, but to clarify and enable you to live these great lives. Because when you're living in certain ways, you can rest. How many have lost rest because of the sin in their life? How many have ever done that? All right, so Galatians 5.16 says... Paul writes, he says, walk in the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So one of the ways you realize you're walking with God and living by the spirit is when you live according to God's word. Some of us are living by them. Uh, and you say, well, I, you know, I, I can't believe that God, you know, in this culture today, can you actually do that? Yes, but you can't do it by the flesh. We do it by the spirit. So the Ten Commandments are designed to help us realize when you're on the level. How many have ever had a level before? 
and the bubbles in the middle. Anybody? So they were there for the Israelites specifically. But I'm not sure that we have an understanding or really embrace them. In fact, I get nine of them, but like, like number four, it's like we just need to avoid that one. Because that may be the trickiest one of all. Because we get the, you know, God is God. You worship God. You don't make these statues and bow down before them. Come on. Get the Buddhas out of your house. Preach. Preach. But we love Buddha. Buddha don't believe in God. All right. So anyway, I, I just misdirected. All right. So, but we get the number four. And it's weird. So let me look, let's look at number four and what he says about that in Exodus 20. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant, your female servant, your livestock. What? Your livestock? Or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. The seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So, uh, how many believe that number four is still in them? Anybody believe that? Just say yes, because I'm, I'm not arguing with you. I'm just trying to bring you alongside, all right? So, but it's still a problem. Our problem with it is that we just believe it's weird. Somebody shout amen. We don't relate to it. It's also the struggle with the nation of Israel because the Jewish law, the traditions eventually preceded the initial purpose of God for a Sabbath. So clearly in Scripture, let's just, let's just get some foundation. How many know in Scripture God wants us to rest? Not while I'm preaching. All right? If you fall asleep while I'm preaching, it's probably evidence that you don't rest well. Okay? That's why we provide free coffee as well. But this is a difficult scripture because we, we don't want to fall into the trap of our Seventh-day Adventist brethren. Amen? We don't want to fall into the trap of it. I got some good brothers, some good friends in, involved in that. We don't want to be bound. We don't want to become bound by the Sabbath. So just remember this. The Sabbath is about remembering God. God created the world. We did not. God delivered the Israelites from slavery. The Israelites did not deliver themselves. Jesus set us free from sin. We did not set ourselves free. God wants his people through the generations to always rest in what he do. Do you understand? God wants us to rest in his work, not in our work. And we need to stop. Come on, brothers and sisters. We need to stop and say, I did not save myself. Jesus saved me. And if I'm so busy, come on, affirming myself by working every day of the week and, and 40, 50, 60, come on, uh, 24 hours a day and validating myself. Yeah, this is my family. Look at what 
what I've done. Look at the house that I've built. Then eventually we don't even call upon God anymore. We need to stop. Come on, Sunday worshipers. We need to stop on occasion and say, I could not do this had it not been for Jesus going to the cross for me. How does this translate into the New Testament? God... God says, look in the word of God, Colossians 2.16. Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of things to come. Anybody seeing the shadow now? Jesus died for us on the cross so that we could be set free from the power of Satan and the power of sin. Uh, the, the Father set Israel free so that they did not have to live under Egyptian slavery anymore. God created the world so that you and I could have peace and celebrate that what he has done is a good thing. So you don't have to esteem one day above another, but we need to rest. Somebody shout, I need rest. I need rest. So here's what we find in scripture. There is still rest for God's children. There is still a rest for God's children. It's Hebrews chapter 4. So then there remains a Sabbath. What is, what is he saying? Be careful. Don't get all legalistic on me right now. There remains a Sabbath, a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore strive strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. So this is a powerful scripture because one of the reasons it's written to Hebrews and what, what do we do about you know, what, what, are we, what are we supposed to do as, as, as an Israelite? What do we do about the Sabbath? Because Sabbath was a part of their culture. Somebody shout weekend. How many love weekend? Somebody praise God for the weekend. Hallelujah. Somebody thank God. It's, you know, it's, Friday's coming, hallelujah. You don't realize that was, you know, uh, the crucifixion, you know. <laughs> Somebody thank God for Sunday. Anyway, thank God for Sunday. So uh, it, 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 for, for the Israelite, the idea of Sabbath was that it's, it's, it's rest, and they had a culture of rest. The principle was waiting on and trusting God who had set them free, and I long for that. Israel was a culture of people that believed that God had set them free. Welcome to freedom. We are a culture of people in this room. Look around the room. See the scriptures on the wall? We are a culture of people that believe what? That we are free. Somebody shout, we're free. And who said it's free? And we're supposed to walk in that freedom, right? But our freedom is accomplished in Jesus. Not in Friday, not in Saturday, not in Sunday. But if you go back to a particular Friday when Jesus was on the cross, he says, it is finished. Then he took Saturday off and rose again on Sunday. Hallelujah. And uh, if you walk through these scriptures, you can see in Exodus 20 uh, and verse 2, uh, the Lord says, I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of, uh, out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. But in John chapter 8, verse 33, there were some people that were trying to hold on to this. And they said, we are Abraham's descendants and we have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? These need to read the Bible, the Torah. And Jesus says, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. But a son 
but now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. In John 19, when Jesus bowed his head and said, it is finished, he bowed his head. The Bible says it was the day of preparation and the next day was to be a special Sabbath. So they're coming upon the Sabbath. Jesus says it's finished. When did he say it's finished? Just before Sabbath day. Why? Because the work that Jesus Christ did, praise God, it settled the issue of rest. In Matthew chapter 27, when Jesus had cried out in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. In that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. I'm going to get to this. The earth shook, the rocks split, the tombs broke, and the bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs, and after Jesus' resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many people. You see, I can hear the Lord telling me that the spirit of the Sabbath is what is missing because when Jesus died, he settled everything so that all of us could rise and walk in a new rest. So to understand what it means, let's go back a few scriptures in Hebrews chapter 3. The scripture says, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. For who were those who heard and yet rebelled? Was it not all those who left Egypt led by Moses? Yeah. And with whom he provoked for 40 years. And how many know this story? Anybody know this story? So we got people who come out of Israel set free from slavery. And what did they do? They rebelled in the wilderness. Isn't that amazing? People who, who rebelled, what did they do? People, people who just got set free, they rebelled. And then they ended up in the wilderness for 40 years. Why? Because they did not want to go on into the promised land. The land of rest. And, and then the scripture says, was it, and to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who were disobedient? So he said, you guys are not coming into the real promise because you have chosen to live in disobedience. So we see that we were unable to enter because of unbelief. So why did so many people never go into the promised land? They were worried about the giants. So connect this with the seventh day. The seventh day was to remind them of God's rest. God was saying, I want you at least once a week to remember that I have you covered. Somebody shouted, I have you covered. Anybody understand this? Hey, come on. Some of you have walked to me and you've told me a problem. You've looked at me and said, Pastor, here's my problem. And I look at you and uh, I know that I have the, the ability to take care of this. And I'll tell you, I, I got this covered. I got it. All right? Anybody ever been in that? Let me take care of you. Been there before? Why do I tell you that? Because... I don't want you to worry about it anymore. I got this. Now, I'm just a pastor, and I don't do as well. But here's what God wants you to know about everything that's going on in your life right now. God says, I've got it. Somebody praise God for that. God says, I've got it. He said, you don't know the relational mess I'm in. God says, I've got it. You don't know the grief that I have. God says, I've got it. You don't know, God. You don't know the pain that I'm in, the sickness that I have, the struggles in my home. And God is looking at you today and saying, I want you to rest at night because I've got it. Somebody needs to praise God. Stop, rest, sit down, sleep at night. Life is messy and inconsistent. But the spirit of the Sabbath is this. God wants you to know that you can trust him. 
You can't fix everything. He can't. You can't work enough jobs. He's got you. You can't clean enough houses, fix enough cars. You need to sit down and say, God, I'm trusting you today. I'm not defined by my vacation. I'm not defined by my house. I'm defined by the rest I have in Jesus. It's a better rest no matter what's going on. Let me give you some permission right now. You ready? You have permission to rest. You are not responsible for fixing everything that is broken. You need to shout that. You are not responsible to fix everything that is broken. You do not have to try and make everyone happy. For now, take some time for you. Rest in the Lord Jesus. It's time for you to replenish. Somebody needs to shout amen right now. I can't, say it with me, I can't fix it all. Say it, I can't fix it all. I can't make everybody happy. Say it, I can't. There's one thing I tried to do in my life is make everybody happy. I got people from every financial group. I got people from every age group, every educational area. And you walk in this room and I try to make everybody happy. I can't. I can't preach good enough. Can't sing good enough. Can't dance good enough. I can't give you a better good enough coffee. I've decided to rest and trust God with your lives. Somebody shout, give it a rest. I'm not saying to not resolve your conflict. I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm not, again, I'm not saying ignore your issues. I'm saying God who has provided us with life and breath and health is still your provider. Take a day and have some peace. Forgive each other. Love each other. Stop, come on, give it a rest. Give it a rest. Stop fighting with each other. Hang up the phone. Get off social media for a day. Stop struggling for a little while. Rest. Breathe. I got to take care of these kids. I don't know what's going to happen. You got to trust God with your babies. People come to me with a problem. And that, that's within my leadership. And sometimes I don't have it. Look at me. I don't always have the direction to fix your thing. Your stuff. And I'm trying to tell you, trust God. I don't know how. I only know that he is. Come on, anybody with me? Go ahead. Stop murdering. Stop killing. Stop stealing. Get out of bed with people you're not supposed to be in bed with. Preach. You hear me? Stop coveting everybody. I wish I had a wife like he had. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop all that self. It's not helping you rest. He just, I'm going to walk like Jesus taught me to walk. I'm going to walk in the Spirit. I'm going to trust the Lord. Man, time to preach the rest of this. It's the man of principle, though. Anybody remember the man of principle in Exodus 16? Here's the man of principle. He said, guys, I want you to rest one day. I'm going to let you gather manna, but on the sixth day, just gather enough for two days. Okay? But not on those other days. You're going to have to trust me for tomorrow. That's all he's saying. Trust me for tomorrow. Say it. Trust 
Trust God for tomorrow. Say it. Trust God for tomorrow. You haven't got all the answers. Trust God. So some people decide, we're not going to trust God. And on the fourth day, they would go and gather extra. And then the next day, that extra stuff, it would be full of worms. Anybody ever had worms in your food before? That's not good food, all right? But then on the sixth day, they would gather enough for two days because God wanted to show them, not only can I provide, but I can keep the food good. Come on, God can be refrigeration. Supernatural. Some of you are gathering on the wrong day because you don't trust God. Sabbath is about trusting God, loving Him, remembering that you're set free by Jesus. Give it a break. Let God move. God loves your family. God loves your wife. God loves your children. Trust God. Trust Him. You can't save everybody. Go out, tell people about Jesus, but let Jesus be the Savior. You make a great husband. You make a lousy Jesus. Give it a rest. Galatians 5. You were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. You're called into this freedom. You're called into this place of rest. Trust the Lord. Stop trying to use ungodly ways to fix God's problems. Stop being a Christian on Sunday, but on Saturday not being, you know what I'm saying. So. All right, let me wrap this up. We need to rest in his presence. I really need 15 minutes to preach this in, in bigger font on that slide. But um, Okay, Jesus busted the Sabbath laws all to pieces. Okay, in Luke chapter 6, Jesus is walking through the grain fields and his disciples pluck some of the heads of grain and rub them in their hands to eat them. And the Pharisee says, what are you doing? What is not lawful? Why are you doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And Jesus answered them, have you not read what David did when he was hungry? He and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God and took and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for any of the priests to eat, and also gave it to those with him. Then he said to them, the Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. You need to hear that. The Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. So here's what he did. And here's, here's the truth. It was unlawful to go and gather grain. Now they missed the principle of that. You understand? The principle was, I want you to stop farming on the Sabbath. He didn't say stop eating on the Sabbath. And they're walking and they're hungry and they get some food in their hands and they, they eat it. And, but then Jesus says, the Son of Man is the Lord of your rest. Jesus busted it again just a few scriptures later. Uh, on another Sabbath, he went to the synagogue and was teaching, and a man whose hand was shriveled, and the, and the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, so they watched him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. But Jesus knew that what they were thinking. He said to the man with the, with the hand, he said, Get up and stand in front of everyone. So he got up and stood there. And then in verse 9, Jesus said to them, I ask you which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil? So to save life or destroy it. And he looked around and he looked at the man and said, stretch your hand forth. And he did so and his hand was completely restored. And, but they were furious and began to discuss with one another how they might, what they might do to Jesus. Sabbath is about God's provision. Sabbath is about healing. Sabbath is about getting, allowing God to do what he wants to do in my life. Mark chapter 2 
they said to Jesus, the Sabbath, or Jesus, Jesus explains this. Uh, wait, wait, wait a minute, I, I, I'm, moving, I'm moving too far. Go back, Luke chapter 13. On another Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in a synagogue, and a woman who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years, she was bent over and could not straighten up at all. And Jesus saw her, and he called her forward and said, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. In other words, Jesus says, I got this. And he put his hands on her, and immediately she straightened up and praised God. And indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, the synagogue ruler said to the people, There are six days for work, so come and get healed on those days. I can't believe he said that. So Jesus is breaking all of this religious mess. And then he explains in Mark 2, again, he explains this. The Son, say it, the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Jesus doesn't stop being Lord for one day of the week. So, and he explains this by pointing them back. Uh, he points them back and helps them to understand that he has always been the Lord. I, um, oh, Jesus. Everybody stand with me. I just have to finish. I'm going to skip through the next three or four, 12 slides. Jesus. Let me show you how this looks. Okay, let me show you how this looks. If you go back to Exodus again in Exodus chapter 25, God said, I want you to make a sanctuary for me. Anybody remember the story? Make a tabernacle and all of its furnishings exactly like the pattern I will show you. And so they made this tabernacle and kind of looked like this. You walked in, there was this, this brass altar. And then when you walked past the brass altar, there was like this, there was a, there was a, a labor, a bowl that was right there where you washed your hands. So this is the, an altar of sacrifice and there was a bowl. And then you walked on in and there was a table of showbread that was over here. And then over here, there was golden candlesticks. All, there was always bread here, and this bread was for the priests. Nobody else but the priests who worked there. That's the bread that David ate that day that messed everybody up. And then these golden candlesticks are always burning. And then you walked, and then there was one more table. It was right here. And uh, this table, the table here was the table of incense, where incense was constantly there that signified the prayers of the people. It was like the incense. They would come and they would present the needs of Israel and it was constantly before the Lord. And inside this place was called the Holy of Holies. There was a veil that was right here. There was a veil here. And uh, in here was a, there was a, a large chest and in this box contained the articles of the covenant, memories. There was an omer of manna. There was the commandments. There was Aaron's rod. All kinds of, of of stories, symbols of the covenant. And then there was, on top of that box, was a lawn chair. Well, not really, but it was God's lawn chair. It was called the mercy seat. And they literally saw the presence of God. It would just settle right there. 
In the tabernacle, when the presence of God would move, everybody would fold up the tent and they would just follow where God was going. And then when, they, when God stopped, they would put everything back up. The presence of God would be still and they would all settle. And there was a large tent around this. And you know, there were 12 tribes of Israel and there were, they would camp. Three of them would camp that way. Three of them would camp that way. Three tribes would camp that way. And another three would camp that way. And it would be like, uh, it was longer this way. I can't remember exactly the, the dimensions, but it'd be like, uh, let's say it was 100, it was longer than this, but say it's 100 feet this way, and then it was like uh, 60 feet this way. Anybody see what I'm saying? So the whole tabernacle was set in the shape of a cross. And then God rested right here. And the people, how many know that God never worried, not one day? Not one day. And then when Jesus died, the veil that was there was torn in two. Until now, we all get to go into the Holy of Holies and we get to sit down with God. Now, listen, some of you would, I mean, how amazing would it have been to be in that day and been in that tabernacle? Would that have been cool? The people who lived in that day are saying about you, how amazing is it that you don't have to go through all that mess? All you have to do is accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And not just for Sunday, but you get to sit with God by His Spirit every day. There is a Sabbath rest for the people of God. But it's not like the Sabbath rest of the Old Testament. Somebody praise God for the new covenant that we receive through the Lord Jesus. Okay. Jesus says in Matthew 11, Come to me, Matthew 11, 28. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. How many have ever been heavy laden? How many are dealing with some of that right now? And you haven't, you're struggling. Wave at me. Where are you? Where are you? And sometimes in your marriage and your relationships, am I right? Anybody been there before? You know what I'm talking about? And you just get broken and you have all these struggles and then you just can't rest. So I'm just going to give you a few ideas on how to enter into a better rest. Are you ready? Ways to rest in Jesus. One, be born again. I'm saved. Well, be saved. Stop saying you're saved and be saved. That means get all your mess under the blood of Jesus. Forgive others. Listen, you cannot be bitter at others and ever get a good rest. Somebody hurt you, wounded you, stole from you, lied to you. You got to forgive them. Reconcile. Reconcile. Reconcile with the Lord Jesus. Reconcile with one another. Confess. Somebody shout confession. I'll never forget one day I was hurting so bad. Some of you have heard this story before, my healing journey. I need to be gone 15 minutes ago. Help me, Jesus. I was hurting so bad, and I was walking with Diane out at Ocean Lakes, and there was this big bench that was there, and I was so full of things I needed to say that I'd held inside of my heart, and we sat down there on that bench. It was the middle of the afternoon, and I laid my head on her lap. Jesus. 
and I wept and I went back to my boyhood. I confessed every area of brokenness, everything that was on my mind, everything that, and I just laid there with my wife and told her all my junk. And then we went home and I took a nap. Anybody relate to what I'm saying right now? Be healed. Somebody shout, be healed. Say, but I'm not healed. Be healed anyway. Be healed in your heart. Give your sickness, your struggle, your anxiety, your fear. Give that all over to Jesus. And then, have communion. Some of you need to start having communion at least once a week. At home. With your iced tea and biscuits. I don't care. Break some bread. Receive the supper of the Lord. How many would agree that I'm telling you the truth right now? I want my older workers to come because whatever time it is, we've lingered in the presence of the Lord here today. And Jesus. How many know the Lord's with us right now? When I say Sabbath, though, I want to tell you that I think Sunday really matters. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, I don't come necessarily to church because I believe that Sunday is the Sabbath day as the Israelites. No, no. I don't believe that. I believe that I need to take some time alone myself. I need to take a day and just rest in all of this. I need to rest. I need to stop worrying about whether everything is done. Anybody with me on this? I need to stop it and rest in the Lord Jesus. But I believe that you cannot have a Sabbath without worship. I believe that. And if you're going to if you say, well, today is my Sabbath. I'm not going to do anything. Then you need to start with the Word of God. And you need to take that day and say, Holy Spirit, just deal with me. Help me to just come into your peace. You need to stop striving and stop saving yourself and let the Lord Jesus do it. Okay? Bow your heads just for a moment. Okay? There are those of you that are struggling and you haven't rested in so long. Some of you have such pain in your life, such issues in your life, and you really need rest. You need somebody to pray with you. You need to begin to act upon the new birth rather than just say I'm saved you need to be saved just stuff that's going on you haven't even got your hand you haven't got a handle on all of it but we'd love to pray with you today wave at me if you're some of those people you're just not restful wave at me wave at me I don't rest very well pastor I I feel restless most of the time just wave at me there you go I see you I see you all right all right next step all right this is tough I know you're tired Sometimes tired people have a hard time taking steps. All right? I want you to restfully leave your seat and come and stand here at the altar with me. Come on, come on, with these people who going to help. So come on down. Come to your Sabbath. Come to your Sabbath. I love you. I love you. I need some more altar workers too. Spread out. Come on. Just come and stand here. Come on. family's right behind you there, Sonny. Wow. That was bigger. This is bigger than I was anticipating, so we're going to have to do some work here, okay? Um, because the time is gone, we're going to take time praying with these. Ushers, can you help me right at this door, right at the 
the big wooden doors here, not the ones out there, but right at that wooden door, I want you to have communion in your hands. Everyone that leaves today is going to get communion. How many know how to receive communion? Do you know? On your way out the door, I want you to take the communion home with you. And I want you to declare your house a place of rest. I want you to open it. I want you to receive the body and the blood of Jesus and declare that the Lord is the Lord of your Sabbath and the Lord of your rest. I want you to look at some of these ideas. I want you to have the Holy Spirit because you can't receive the, the blood of Jesus and walk in unforgiveness. You can't. You can't be healed. You can't reconcile. You've got to get out. You've got to get some of this stuff taken care of. And then after you, do, after you do these things, I want you then to walk in the peace and the healing and the rest of the Lord Jesus. How many receive the word today? Do you receive it? Praise God. Praise God. I'm gonna, we're going to pray with these people. Do me this favor before you leave. I want you to lay your hand on somebody's shoulder. I want you to pray with one another, okay? Before you leave this room, I'm going to pray with these people that are up here, but pray with one another in the congregation. Then after you're finished, go. Take your communion home with you. May the Lord give you rest. May the Lord give you rest. May the Lord give you rest. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. All of those that are here for prayer, please stay with us. We're coming to everyone for prayer. Every one of you, we're coming for prayer. Everyone. Take your time. Stay right here as we get to everyone who needs prayer. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you. Give you peace. You are dismissed.